Welcome to the Open House Podcast. Conversations exploring life, faith and hope with Stephen O'Doherty. Well, something really important is happening in the world of mental health. The Productivity Commission has been asked to look into mental health as a reference from the government. And the terms of reference were just handed down a couple of days ago. And it looks, if I could say, really exciting. What's interesting about the Productivity Commission looking at this from an economic point of view is that they'll be able to assess uh, the most effective ways to treat mental health problems in a way that allows us to be both happier, healthier, and also more productive as a country. You know, for people like our next guest, Lucy Brogdon, who's been um, concerned with mental health in the workplace and in families and in public policy for a long time, it's a real breakthrough because it means that we're not just going to be looking, hopefully, at helping people once it's too late, once they finally cry out for help, but keeping people healthy before it gets to that stage, a far, far better approach. Well, Lucy Brogdon is the chair of the National Mental Health Commission. Lucy, would you call this a watershed? It's a real watershed, and we are very excited. This is the culmination of a lot of hard work behind the scenes to get to the announcement of the terms of reference today, mm-hmm. but we really think it's an essential step in reforming mental health across Australia by including what we call the social determinants of health and putting them under the spotlight, looking at education, employment, housing, justice, all those issues that go to the heart of prevention and building strong communities. And by linking it to an economic sort of series of outcomes, collecting evidence about that, um, we've taken it, uh, the Productivity Commission has taken it out of the realms of, you know, something that's a problem something that we'll take away from rather than if we invest in this, we'll get better outcomes. Absolutely. And Stephen, we like to say in the work that we do, this is about investing to save. It's, yeah. it's not just investing to save money, but it's investing to save lives, to save families and to save communities. If we get this right, the potential for our, our people and our communities is just phenomenal and, and so, so exciting. So amongst the terms of reference, the, Royal, the Productivity Commission is going to examine the effect of supporting mental health on economic and social participation, productivity and the Australian economy. That's sort of a, a headline idea there. What do you think they'll find? Look, what I think they'll find is at the moment we are spending a lot of money across Australia at all levels of government and through the the NGO sector and the private sector, but we're not getting the outcomes that we need. And so we would argue that we have to move that investment and we hope that they'll see this, but that the investment needs to be way further upstream at the early intervention and prevention stage. Most mental illness is preventable if we get in early, but that getting in early means getting in and supporting new parents. It means supporting families, supporting kids, early in life so that we get them on a strong trajectory but having the resources for those people right here and now today to get them well and recovered so that they can get back to the work that they were doing connect to their family again connect to the things that give them pleasure which ultimately create these strong communities that we're seeking Mm. what do you think that would look like Look, I think um, we know, and we've known for actually a really long time, that some of the best buys in terms of prevention and early intervention come in helping with giving people good parenting skills. You know, as parents, we, we kind of look at those little babies and there is no handbook. Well, we know that actually giving some people a little bit of support and advice on how to be good parents can be really powerful. And lots of groups are doing that, but, but they're the kind of early best buys. 
it's identifying those families that are vulnerable and at risk with you know, unstable housing, unstable financial situations, in and out of employment and that sort of thing. How do we, we give them the strength to solve those social problems so that they can then focus on, on their physical and mental health? Now, you've worked in public policy for a long time and now you're the, the chair of this really important body, the National Mental Health Commission. Do you have a sense of how much retooling or reinvestment governments and community organisations uh, will need to do to shift the locus of support to the front end? Look, well, there will be a dollar investment and that needs to shift. What the quantum of that looks like, I'm not sure anybody's really sure because one of the things we're hoping out of the Productivity Commission is to actually understand the current cost today, which is something... Mm. They, what may not surprise you, but it's really hard to capture because it sits in health, it sits in education, it sits in employment, it sits in justice, etc. So until we understand the quantums, it, it's hard to look at the investment. But what we do know is from years of experience on the ground and supported by the academic research is the earlier we intervene to support individuals and their families, the better the outcomes for everybody. And it's really interesting to see it through the eyes of enhancing productivity. It seems to me this lends itself to a thing that says, well, industry needs to play its role because it'll get better uh, productivity from its uh, workers if it's investing in mental health programs in the workplace, for instance. Is that where you think this will go? Absolutely. And one of the, the great privileges I have as in my current role is to chair the Mentally Healthy Workplace Alliance which is working to develop um, tools, resources and messaging to business that says a mentally healthy workplace is is much more than what I'd say yoga and fruit bowls. It's actually good (laughs) job and work design. It's sitting down with teams to actually look at that work and and what are the cognitive aspects of it, the physical aspects, the boredom aspects of it and the relational aspects of work to make that a good and thriving place for someone to be that won't do harm and will support recovery. And, you know, a lot of places do the yoga and fruit bowls and kind of go, well, nothing's happening. You know, it's so much more fundamental than that. Yeah, isn't it? It's more about um, you seem to be struggling. Is there anything going on in your life that we can help you with? Or do we need to give you some time off to deal with X, Y or Z? Rather than I want to talk to you about your work performance, you've been slacking off and um, your productivity has dropped and here's your first warning. Absolutely. And what I say to companies in that context is, you know, people will often say, you know, so Stephen was such a good performer and now we have to sort of performance manage. Well, have you asked Stephen what's going on for Stephen? Because if, if you're saying was such a good performer and then something's changed, you need to understand what that might be. We know that actually the number one reason people call employee assistance programs that most companies have mm is around parenting issues and family issues. Oh, is that right? So they're bringing that cognitive burden, that that whole emotional burden to the workplace, worrying about, is my baby sleeping enough? Is my teen... What's going on with my teenager? Mm. How do I manage, you know, the caring responsibilities of an older parent or whatever it might be? And we often say to companies, have you thought about bringing in some of those kind of life skills training to lunchtime sessions? To, to support and, and ease that burden. The reality is we've all got it. So rather than pretending it's not our job or the not job of the workplace to address it, why not embrace it and support <laughs> your employees on those life journeys? That's right. Our guest is Mental Health Commissioner Lucy Brogdon, the Chair of the Mental Health 
Commission. And amongst other things, we're talking about the Productivity Commission's just announced terms of reference for its inquiry into mental health, um, the first of its kind in Australia, and it's going to reveal some really, really interesting uh, findings. Lucy, we've lost a sense somewhere along the lines of we used to work together in family units. We, we then, and our workplaces were often um, like families, extended families, but we seem to have lost that somewhere in the middle of the 20th century, don't you think? Look, we have, Stephen, and I think it's interesting. I saw just recently a clip from the um, Hong Kong-based chairman of Alibaba, the big um, oh, online yeah. Yeah. sales, and he said, he was talking at a graduation speech, and he said, it, it fascinates me that over the last 20, 30 years, we've tried to get our humans in the workplace to behave more like machines, very mechanistic, checklist-focused, while at the same time investing huge amounts of money trying to get our machines to behave more like human beings. <laughs> he said, I don't know what that means, but it's, it's, it's odd. <laughs> and so I think um, if we go back to, you know, we know people want more flexibility, we know people want to um, have variation, variety in their careers, but at the same time, they are looking for some of that, that recognition of their whole being and their whole entity from the workplace that we used to call sort of a paternalistic workplace hmm. work model. But actually, there's a lot of um, social support that comes through in that model that, that we, I think we have lost and we're trying to find again. Yes, I've always found that if you just say to people, you are valued, I, I value you as a human being, I want you to do well, how can we work that out together so that you'll feel good about yourself, um, that it always re re reaps rewards. We shouldn't be surprised. As a believer, I'm not surprised. I think no, that, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, recognition is so powerful. <laughs> it is. Lucy, you're also uh, this week at the um, an international conference that's looking at the prevention of suicide in Indigenous communities. What are the themes that are coming through for you in, in that? Stephen, here in Perth, we've got uh, First Nations people from across the world. We have them from Canada, the United States, uh, the Pacific, Australia uh, and Southeast Asia all looking at their they're shocking. They're just heartbreaking high rates of suicide relative to, to the rest of the population. And while that is heartbreaking at one level, what has been fascinating is this strong message of hope that they have around their connections to their spirituality and their culture, mm. but also um, trying to shift that dialogue to be not one about um, focused on death, dying and suicide, but that living is for everyone and that this should be a conversation about valuing life and valuing all life. And I think that's um, such an insightful perspective to take in what's generally seen as a, a crisis situation, and there is a crisis there, but how do we create a message of living and, and to choose life? And that, that's been very encouraging and inspiring. Oh, I'm glad. Well, you've um, helped us to do exactly what we like to do tonight, look at life through the lens of faith and point to hope. Lucy Brogdon, thanks for what you do in your role. Thank you, Stephen, and thanks for your interest and time. Lucy Brogdon is the chair of the Mental Health Commission, which is uh, an executive agency within the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet, providing really important work uh, to bring forward mental health issues to the stage where we're just pre we're preventing, as far as we can, um, this, these dreadful afflictions that can that can take away a person's desire to live in some cases. Um, but really good news that the uh, that the Productivity Commission is looking into this. This is what they're looking at. The effect of mental health on people's ability to participate in and prosper in the community and workplace. 
and the effects that it has more generally on our economy and productivity. And hopefully they'll identify some of those really clever and quite quite um, common sense things that we can do up front to, to help people um, not succumb to depression and those kinds of illnesses. The um, Productivity Commission is taking submissions until 5th of April 2019. If you're in that business, you might want to get that on your radar. Just Google the Productivity Commission, you'll get to that. Discover more Open House podcasts at openhousecommunity.com.au.